Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Get informed. Get inspired. And get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm the Communications Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, my guest is Jocelyn Sheltraw. She's the Director of Regional Strategy for Headset. Headset provides business intelligence for cannabis companies, from dispensaries and retailers to product manufacturers and growers. She's responsible for strategy and operations in California, along with new market expansion. She also advocates for women in technology leadership positions, go girl, and against the social stigma of the cannabis user. Welcome to the show, Jocelyn. What's up, Bethany? It's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for jumping in today. Um, I already introduced you a little bit in the intro, but I really want to hear more about your background and what kind of experiences you had before getting into the cannabis industry, if you could share that. Yeah. So my entire career, basically since getting out of college, I spent working in the mobile advertising world. And so it's actually a lot of parallels between tech and cannabis because I started in tech the year of the iPhone. And so it was the same Mm -hmm. thing of like this new industry. It's a wild west. So being in that, it actually trained me really well for cannabis. But essentially what I was doing is for 10 years, I was really working with app developers and either building mobile apps or doing all the user acquisition. So like driving users to want to download that app or helping those app developers have another monetization strategy. So running ads within their apps. Mm -hmm. So I've worked across a bunch of different sides of the industry, always with a focus on the technology side of it. Um, And in the last few years prior to joining cannabis, um, I was 
more so uh, starting to get into the data side, which is sort of what led me into, into cannabis and into headsets specifically. But it was more so that I'm just a longtime cannabis enthusiast. I've been a cannabis enthusiast for the same amount of time that I was in ad tech. Mm-hmm. And so it really, it probably wasn't surprising to anyone for me, like leaving ad tech and getting into cannabis because I was definitely the person who was showing up to the party with the joints and always really (laughs) enthusiastic about the industry. So um, I decided that I wanted to transition out of ad tech and try something new. I think it was a combination of kind of a little bit of, of, I don't want to say boredom per se, because I'm, I'm, never a bored person, but I just really wanted to try something new. And so I decided to leave tech or ad tech and take four months off and just kind of rediscover myself and what it is that I wanted to do next. And I had been in touch with um, the founder of, of Headset, Cy Scott, over the years prior. And it just, they needed someone to launch California and get this market off the ground. And I think with like my past background, just who I am personally, it was just the perfect fit. And I've just since been like rocking and rolling in California over the last year and a half, really trying to educate the market on headset and all this incredible data that we're finding. That's great. That's great. Um, Curious, are you finding different data from different parts of California? We like, I mean, it's such a big state. Northern California is a different flavor from Southern California, or are you kind of seeing California's homogenizing? Oh my gosh, Bethany, this is like the question that I want to answer more than anything. So I'm a SoCal (laughs) girl. (laughs) I was um, born and raised um, in Orange County and I currently live in San Francisco and have been up here for the past seven years. And I split my time between, you know, these two parts of the state. So I understand very well being in market, the vast differences in consumer like purchasing and, and spending habits and what it is that they like to consume. There's certainly differences in Northern California versus Southern California. Mm -hmm. Right now, headset, we don't have, we're not reporting on that data yet. We have access to it. We're just not breaking it out yet. But this is something that is so important to the state of California and also other states that are really trying to understand these differences. Mm -hmm. So hopefully soon enough, we will be able to, to provide some analysis there. Great, great. I didn't mean to jump ahead. It's just, you know, when we're, California is huge and our California Cannabis Business Conference is right around the corner, October 8th and 9th in Long Beach. And the whole state deserves definitely its own analysis. So didn't mean to jump ahead, but yes, now you're working with Headset and you're out in California, up and down the state. Uh, Tell me more again about Headset and your role and, and what the company is up to. Cool. Yeah. Um, So I'll start with some background on Headset and then kind of what I'm focused on uh, as an individual. So Headset was started by the founders of Leafly a little over four years ago. So Cy, Brian, and Scott, the same three founders of Leafly, who started Leafly actually down in Orange County, were all OC folk. Um, When they departed Leafly, then they started Headset. And the reason is, is that they really knew that every other like mature industry, consumer packaged goods, alcohol, beverage, all had some form of measurement or understanding what is selling and who is buying it. And these companies are typically known as Nielsen or IRI in those traditional industries. And so what Headset did was started a couple different technology platforms that help different parts of the industry. And so we've got this full ecosystem that's built out. And so there's three platforms that we have. So one 
is for the retailer or the dispensary owner. And what that does is it, it plugs in on top of their point of sale system and it takes all of that point of sale data and turns it into really actionable reports for the retailer because a, a point of sale system, it's not an analytics company. Analytics are very difficult things to build out. And so we just provide more business intelligence for these dispensaries more than they would get from a point of sale. And then from there, we've got a platform for brands. Brands need to see all of their inventory in real time because they need to know what shops or which accounts need to be called on so that they don't have any out-of-stock events and also so that brand knows what products to continue to make. Mm -hmm. So then ultimately what Headset does and the report that I'd sent you on the CBD market, because we are directly connected in with the point-of-sale systems within dispensaries, what we're doing is we're taking all that data and we're aggregating it, we're anomalizing it and then we can report on market level trends so headset is able to we have a platform that called insights and any producer anyone curious about the cannabis industry can purchase access to the subscription and they can then understand all types of real-time data points in terms of what's happening in specific markets that we've turned on so right now we're reporting on california colorado washington and nevada and two weeks ago it was very exciting because we turned on alberta canada which all of the industry is really wanting to understand what's happening in canada sure. and headset is the first company that's able to report in real time and what's happening so essentially what we're doing is servicing different parts of the cannabis industry by providing platforms that essentially give better data and business operational efficiency through their own data or through our data. That's great. That's great. And, and yeah. it's fascinating watching this industry become more sophisticated and utilizing technology uh, to become better companies and make better business decisions. So yeah, thanks for breaking that down yeah. for sure. And, and my role, because um, I think this is like super relevant to our conversation. So what I'm focused on is I'm responsible for our California strategy and operations. And really what that means is I'm just out in market one, educating all different sides of the industry on who headset is, because what we found in our like four years of existence is this is really new for the cannabis industry, but mm -hmm. what we're doing is not new for any other industry. And so it really requires a lot of education and helping people understand that these solutions are available to them, um, especially because on the retail side, our platform is free. So we just want to make sure that everyone understands how to use it. And when we're talking about something as complex as, as data and really breaking down data to use it to influence your buying decisions, how you stock your shelves, how you staff you know, at your shop, um, that requires a little bit of, of education. And so I spend my time out in market meeting with retailers, meeting with brands, investors, anyone really that's just interested in using data to make better decisions. Got it, got it. Yeah, thanks for breaking that down, definitely. All right, um, we're going to take our first commercial break here, but I'm excited when we come back to talk about uh, a report that you shared with me in advance of this podcast. So uh, we're gonna chat more about that when we get back. So uh, stay tuned, we'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. 
fetch your earbuds, and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We are tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really One Toke Over the Line. I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hem Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and I'm chatting with Jocelyn from Headset about data in, in, in the cannabis industry, which we're getting a lot more of. And specifically, ahead of the show, she shared a report with me, here it is right in front of me, called Understanding the CBD Market in State Legal cannabis it's the hottest topic right now everyone's talking about it cbd they're putting it in everything they're putting it in hot sauce they're putting it in everything but there's a lot of misinformation there's a lot of unclear information out there so i'm hoping we can talk a bit more about what's really going on with the real cbd market and how people are consuming it so let's let's jump in about this report Awesome. Yeah. So, so I sent you this original report that we had published in late June of this year. And before we even 
did any analysis on the CBD market, we first really needed to understand, well, how, how popular is it right now? Because we hear it being talked about in just society in general quite a bit these days. Yeah. And so what we did is we analyzed the, the four states at the time that we had flipped on and were able to report on. So that was California, Colorado, Washington, and Nevada. And in this report, which anyone can go download for free from Headset's website, um, we just did a fairly state agnostic view of what's happening in, in, in CBD in recreational dispensaries in those four states. Okay. And so this report, we received a ton of feedback after this from producers being like, this is great, but we need to know more because essentially what that report found was that CBD sales are growing and you can charge more for those products and gummies tend to be the most popular um, or edibles, I should say. And gummies within the edible category Mm -hmm. were the most popular um, CBD products. And so we really wanted to analyze that further. And so what we did was first start by understanding what is the CBD market looking like right now? How interested are people in it? And so we first did this like really basic Google search and we wanted to see, was there any trend between um, the past few years of cannabis going legal and people being more interested in CBD? And so we found that CBD searches on Google were growing at a 7% month over month basis, which there are very few things in life that ever grow that quickly. Um, The California cannabis industry is one of those things. And so then from there, we were like, okay, we know people are interested in this. So let's figure out if there's sales correlated to this interest. Mm -hmm. And we found that there absolutely was. So So we started to look at this further. And when we looked at 2018 for what the sales were in dispensaries of those four states, we found that in 2018, CBD sales were at a quarter of a billion dollars, which Oof. is crazy. It's a lot and of money. So, exactly. And this year, we're already 60% of our way through the year. And just by running some basic numbers, we're far set to exceed that expectation. So what we realized from that was like, okay, not only are people searching for CBD and having an interest and wanting to know more about it, but it is in fact correlating to sales. And so when we started to really break that report down further, we wanted to figure out what's causing all the sales growth. Is it more units that are being sold? Is it that it's an increased price that's causing this, uh, the, that quarter of a billion sales number? And ultim- ultimately, what we found is that it really is those, those two contributing factors. I mean, that's really the only two ways that you can grow sales. Um, but most of the growth was coming from more units being sold. We did see that the average item price within CBD products in dispensaries did increase from 2016 up until to date from $21 to $25. Mm. So we are seeing increased prices. Um, And and in fact, um, we think that those increase in CBD prices actually is having an impact on some states seeing increased prices in general. So just even mm. for THC products. I see. Yeah. So, so essentially what we found in this report is really the same thing that we found in, in the initial report that we produced that, yes, CBD sales are continuing to grow. You can charge more for these products. In fact, um, you can charge oftentimes 60% more is the number that we found. Um, wow. For containing products. Yeah. I think, you know, consumers are um, willing to pay more for health and wellness you know, items. So yeah, I mean, on on that topic, we are talking about cannabis derived CBD that you would find in a licensed dispensary. And we're differentiating that from any of these 
hemp derived CBD products. Is that right? Yeah. So actually okay. we don't differ. So the analysis that I had sent through, there are a couple important parameters that I okay. want to mention when it comes Great. to the data. So the data that um, was being spoken to in that report, it's only, it's referencing non-inhalable data. So we were looking specifically at categories within tinctures, topicals, sublinguals, capsules, edibles, and beverage. Sure. Um, and then we weren't it, and it, it contained any amount of CBD. So it, it didn't matter the percentage. And we didn't delineate between marijuana derived or hemp derived because we were looking at four different states. And so California, we don't allow hemp derived CBD to be sold within dispensaries, whereas that's not the case for some other states. Got it. Well, I imagine if it's in a state legal licensed dispensary, it's probably going to be marijuana derived um, so it, that's exactly. good to know. And so, but still any amount of CBD and these people, uh, these, cons these consumers and customers are looking for ed edibles, tinctures, topicals. So they want the wellness effects, but not the high from the higher THC products. So it, yes, it, it's, it's a, it's a product that's going to be popular for certain demographics for sure. And uh, I'm, what have you seen for for those high CBD, low THC edible products. Yeah. So before I speak to the edibles, I want to give a comparison point to, because we did this analysis, we wanted to see of all of these categories that contain CBD, which products contain the most CBD and how does that look compared to the sales? And so what we found is that topicals, tinctures, and sublinguals, those three products contain the most amounts of CBD. In fact, all of the tinctures, sublinguals, and topicals that are sold, 80% of those products are, are contain CBD in them. But then when we look at edibles, um, edibles is very interesting because edibles actually has the most sales when it comes to CBD-containing products. Mm -hmm. However, edible sales that contain CBD only make up 19% of the market. So mm -hmm. what this means is that Edible sales within that contain CBD are actually not that important to the CBD market. However, edibles like THC containing edibles, those are much more popular than the CBD containing edibles. So those mm. make up about 80% of the market. And I think when we think about this from like a consumer perception standpoint, when we think about edibles, we often think about like a brownie and a brownie is most of the time we're going to associate that with like a pot brownie. You're going to associate that with a THC with a high. Whereas, you know, consumers who are focused on that health and wellness, I don't, we're starting to see that them shift into having edibles as, you know, with CBD, but really those edibles, like the brownies in particular, they're much more associated with THC and getting high. Absolutely. I mean, I can't eat a brownie every day, or at least I shouldn't. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that makes sense for sure. Um, so, I'm thinking elderly and senior citizens are probably benefiting the most from this CBD customer base. Yes, you are absolutely right. So one of the interesting things that we found in an analysis that we did is we wanted to look at different age groups and what were their preferences. And this was really interesting to me because we actually found when looking at edibles, the silent generation, so that's people that are born between 1925 and 1945, mm -hmm. they actually 
purchase more edibles than any other group. So 16% of those sales were going to the silent generation. Wow. And by comparison, millennials are at 9%. Mm So it's probably not surprising. We tend to see younger generations being more interested in inhalable formats. So flower, pre-rolls, the vape market. So you're absolutely right. We see a lot of interest from the senior citizens group, even with edibles specifically. And then when we look at um, tinctures and sublinguals, topicals, more of those you know, medical formats, it's the mm-hmm. same thing. Silent generation is the largest demographic when it comes to sales of those products. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I was just in the dispensary the other day getting a new vape cartridge, and I, I always ask for um, something with some CBD in it. And some days they're like, well, we only have this one product and it only has this small amount of CBD in it, um, sometimes they'll have a three to one ratio of CBD to THC. So it, it's, it just depends on the day and what they have in stock. And as, a, as an elder millennial um, in my late thirties, I do like smokable products, but I still want to get some CBD in, in my cannabis products. So yeah, that's really interesting. It makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. We, Yeah, we have to jump to our final commercial break, uh, but we'll be right back and we'll wrap up our chat with Jocelyn from Headset. So stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Plant Profits, only on CannabisRadio.com. The National Cannabis Industry Association's third annual California Cannabis Business Conference takes place October 8th and 9th in Long Beach, California. Register today at CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com and take part in the only industry trade show focusing solely on the California market hosted by the cannabis industry's only national trade association. NCIA's California Cannabis Business Conference brings together thousands of cannabis industry leaders, policymakers, and entrepreneurs to discuss California-specific regulations, market trends, policy, advocacy, and research. The California Cannabis Business Conference will also feature over 60,000 square feet of expo floor, showcasing over 200 exhibitors. Make your plans now for NCIA's third annual California Cannabis Business Conference, October 8th and 9th in Long Beach, California. Register today at CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. That's CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. 
SmartPots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, SmartPots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? SmartPots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million SmartPots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and we're chatting with Jocelyn from Headset about consumer trends, customer trends, specifically around their new report on CBD products. Definitely worth checking out. Um, As we wrap up the show here, I kind of want to turn our conversation to bigger picture. Um, A lot has happened in 10 years Uh, legalization of many states, more and more states adding medical and adult use laws. And as an activist myself for a long time, it's been incredible to watch what's happened. And NCIA was founded in 2010. So our 10-year reunion as as the National Trade Association for the Cannabis Industry is coming up next year. So we're kind of excited and we're reflecting on all the progress our movement and industry has made in the last 10 years, as well as the challenges and frustrations. Um, And we're also looking in our crystal ball at what the next 10 years will bring us. I can't believe it's gonna be 2020 next year. And by 2030, I just wonder, I just wonder what it's gonna look like. So I'd like to ask you that kind of big question, (laughs) Um, reflecting on the last 10 years, what are your thoughts? And then, and then the future, what, what do you see or hope for? Mm -hmm. So I spent a lot of time last night actually thinking about this question and I was watching um, Ken Burns' documentary on PBS where (laughs) it was going over prohibition. And I'm really, I was watching that because I'm trying to understand from our past history as to what we could expect for the future. And so if it's okay, instead of giving my prediction, because I don't know that I'm well-versed enough yet because I'm a year and a half into the industry and I'm a studious student of cannabis um, and trying to learn as much as I can. But instead of giving a prediction, I think this is what my hope is. Um, my, my hope is, is more so that we can figure out a lot of these city and state level policies that are affecting us from being federally legal. And I think that this is so important because really having better academic and scientific research, especially as we've seen in the news over the last week with now two deaths uh, as it pertains to vaping in particular. Yeah, we're um, talking about that a lot here in the office. <laughs> yeah. It's awful. So it's, it's terrible. And I think um, this is really, a, we can look at prohibition as well and learn a lot from this because 
consumers have to sort of take this into their own hands and recognize how early cannabis is and how young the industry is and immature. Mm -hmm. And so it's growing so quickly in my year and a half in the industry. It's unbelievable the speed Mm -hmm. in which things are changing. And so my hope slash my prediction for the next 10 years is that we will be federally legal and that we will have more academic and scientific research so that these things do not continue to happen and we don't have deaths and that people can be using this as their form of medicine. My my dream is for, you know, a world to be in which doctors are prescribing cannabis in forms in which are medical forms um, with different ratios that are, you know, specifically targeted for those medical treatments. Yeah. Um, and so it's just really the next 10 years, I hope that we can work through a lot of this really tumultuous like policy and regulation um, that we've been dealing with for the last few years since regulation. Absolutely agree. Yeah. NCIA's work in Washington, D.C., working that federal angle uh, with members of Congress, we we educate them, of course, on the struggles of the industry, but but also they are getting more curious, which is great. They're asking more questions. So now we can share things with them about the opioid crisis, for example. Um, and, and I was just talking with um, Ohm of Medicine, which is a, a dispensary in Ann Arbor, Michigan. They worked with the University of Maryland to conduct a pain study, uh, which over time showed that Uh, Using cannabis helped reduce opioid use and increased quality of life. Now, that's information that a member of Congress might actually, you know, stick their head up and want to hear more about. So I I love that you're out there educating and I love that you uh, see the need for us to find common ground across the country because we are very state to state. Things are different from state to state, even from city to city sometimes. So we're, we're, doing, we're doing a lot of work to suggest best practices, suggest policy recommendations um, that we think are sensible. And we do need regulations. Uh, we just need them to be sensible, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this is why the work that NCIA is doing and also a lot of these other state and local organizations like the UCBA or LBCA or CCIA or all the four-letter acronyms, (laughs) you know, it's like, I really appreciate on a personal level, but also, you know, from headset, like the work that you guys are doing, because you guys are really pushing forward the initiatives that are important to the cannabis industry and oftentimes to the, the true, like, people in the industry that are going to help keep the cannabis culture as it is. And so if we don't have organizations like NCIA fighting for those policy and educating our politicians on the benefits of cannabis, then we can't move forward as quickly. And so having events and opportunities to really connect the community so that NCIA and all these other organizations can hear what's important to the people that are on the ground. This is what moves policy forward. And this is why when we look at things like cannabis, you know, becoming legal, it's not because our politicians were fighting for it necessarily. It's because 66% of Americans agree that it should be legal in some capacity. And so people are coming together and moving this forward. And that's why the organizations and the work that NCI is doing is a, a critical like part to that happening. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. And, and 
in, in addition to NCI having a government relations staff year round in DC walking those halls of Congress, our, our annual Lobby Days event is, is truly the most exciting event that we do every year where the NCIA membership flies out to DC and we have meetings set up and teams for you to go on so we can hit you know, the 435 congressional offices on Capitol Hill over the course of two days. Um, so the dates for that are in May next year. And again, it'll be our 10 year anniversary as an organization, our 10th annual cannabis industry lobby days. So I know that's many, many moons away at this point, but I hope NCIA members in the industry are, are already thinking about joining us next year. And of course, I mentioned our California Cannabis Business Conference right around the corner in October. Tickets are still available. Uh, the website is CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. I'll definitely be there. And I hope to see you there as well, Jocelyn. I will absolutely be there. I was there last year. It was a great conference. I attend all the NCIA conferences that I can. So 100%, I will see you there. Perfect. And we're out of time here, but where can our listeners find out more about Headset? So you can go to our, our website at headset.io, um, or you could follow us on Instagram. We've started posting a lot more of these really great data points that we're finding. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram, and I post a lot of them as well. Um, so we're all about education. All the, the report that I mentioned, the CBD report, that's all for free on our website. So please feel free to go check it out. Awesome. Thanks for being on the show. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of NCI's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.